Oh, 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 God, I'm so sorry. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm late to this meeting and that's completely unprofessional. You'll also notice that I'm soaking wet because I fell into the uh, corporate fountain out in front of the building. Yeah, it was a huge spectacle. We all saw it. Yeah, I've, we I'm, saw it, so, yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, but thank you, okay. Nintendo, uh, for, for having me. Uh, as you know, I am, uh, I, I'm, I've, I've composed some music for the upcoming uh, sequel to Super Mario Odyssey. Unfortunately, when I tumbled into that fountain, uh, my, my laptop took a tumble with me, and it is, it is wrecked. Do, do you want to reschedule? No, 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 no. Because this, you know, this is a once a lifetime opportunity on, for for the brand, for me personally. Right. Uh, I, I know you guys said that I had like one shot here, and so I really want to. I want to deliver to the best of my ability. And this is big because you know, super. Then this hasn't been announced yet, but Super Mario Odyssey two, Cappy is gonna get a a pal, Belty. Uh, you know, Mario will be throwing his yeah. belt around. So yeah. you know, that's that's a huge part of the lore. So for uh for that for that grass, that grass based opening level, with yes. here in in because uh, we know this new Super Mario takes place exclusively in the past. So this is Dino Dino Country, oh, uh, yeah. with the yes. with the grass grassy plain. Um, I'm gonna do my best to just kind of hum the song that uh, that I composed for this level. Okay. Okay. So, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, can I just stop you for a second? It sounds like it hurts. You look you look and sound like you're in immense pain. I thought I heard like a like a wretch also at one point, like a you know, yeah, are you going to throw up? No, I, I, I'm going to throw we should, up. We can reschedule. No, it's fine. Anxious I am about this opportunity. So okay. what do you guys think? You think that, that might be a good that might be a, a good sound for that for that opening level? Dino, Dino Country? I mean, I, yeah. As is? Absolutely not. No, okay. it's going to need to sound more like a video game okay. and not okay, like fair. pain I'm noises doing from a more like no, I work with instruments. And you guys, right. you guys expect me to come in here and just be able to like, to like vocally improvise a a, a synthesizer? And I'm telling you, it's hard. Here's the water level. No, no okay? one was expecting that. Yeah, no, we we're saying thought you were going to do the, the normal thing. Level. Okay, here we go. Here we okay, go. title so, trouble. Yes, title trouble. <laughs> Tears are streaming down her face. Yeah. It's- it's also like not that different than the other one very similar to the other one yeah but this one's with crying the first one had throw up and then this one's crying look why don't we just stop you right here it sounds like you're having a really hard day (laughs) and you know i we saw we all saw it from the window how you Uh just like truly like Basically, face planted into the fountain, like and so, smacked your skull. I was skull. looking up at the building because you know it's Nintendo. I can't believe I'm here, but yeah, I really ate it in that water fountain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I, yeah, I think we should reschedule. Although I don't think we'd be doing our dil- due diligence if we didn't hear one more. Yeah. So, uh, do you have, do you have the track honestly for? Because it's a, it's a huge level for us. It's yeah. very, it's going to be very important narratively I, I, I uh, for creepy, I, creepy, creepy right, cave. Creepy, creepy cave, right up here in my brain. 
No, uh, and, and frankly, I think we've heard enough. Oh, really? Yeah. We need to get you to a recording booth right now. That's okay. going in the game. That's today. going in the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna play that track down. Uh, I am a little worried because you're bleeding from every <laughs> yep. hole in your face. We swim in the sonic stream of aquatic ambience as our guest gives us a tour through the music theory of Donkey Kong Country. This week on Get Played. to Get Played, your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to <laughs> Get Played! I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. Hi, I'm fellow host Nick Weiger, along with our third host, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Get Played. Guys! Wow. <laughs> Guys, we got a show today. We sure, we sure have a show. Uh, the, I love this energy. Oh yeah. I'm going to bring it for five minutes tops and then crash okay. live on. <laughs> I'd say, you know, spread it out. And, you know, yeah. Spread it out a little bit. Nah, 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 nah. Let's go. Show. Here we go. The, uh, I should give a little disclaimer that we are off our normal record schedule recording this about a week and a half in advance of when we normally would. So if any, because of summer travel, so if anything uh, wild happens in gaming news that goes unaddressed over the next couple of weeks, that's why. If like it's Sony buys Nintendo or, you know, January 6-2 happens and yeah. we just like don't talk about it, that's Mario that's why. storms the Capitol. Yeah. Like, yeah. We won't you be talking guys, about it. <laughs> you, got, you guys see a, a deficit. I see an opportunity for a segment. Mm, How about... Oh. Gaming predictions for the next week and a half. Okay. Wow. Number okay. one, uh, the 32X is announced as a Switch online, like, gaming portal. Okay. I love this. Big swing, okay. but also plausible. Yeah. Spe yeah. The specificity is great. Okay. Yeah. They have Genesis on there. You know, it's yeah. not yeah. unlike them to put something that's not Nintendo on there. Okay. Um, this one is real. This is, I have a real guess. Yours is real too, Heather. Okay. Heather's are is all actually real. really real. All these are real. Mine is that there will be some sort of God of War Ragnarok announcement. Okay. Maybe this week as of recording. Mm. Shit. Um, 
That's what the rumors are saying. And in two weeks when this episode comes out, it'll either be true or everyone's going to be like, Matt, you optimistic fool. Buying into the hype? Shame on you. That's my prediction. Uh, so I was going to predict that... Uh, I was going to predict something and I just looked it up to see if it had already been announced and it was already announced, so I won't say that. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I am going to predict... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, just like that's you. coming out. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was going to, I like, there was a, there was a, a Supreme Court decision. Oh my God. Uh, not what? What? This was a while back. This was a Supreme Court re- uh, decision regarding sports likenesses. Okay. And ah. col- as it pertained to college sports. And for a long time, EA discontinued its co- its college sports games. Uh-huh. And I was like, I bet they'll bring them back. But then uh-huh. I looked and it was like they announced like last year that they were going to bring them back. So, man, that's yeah. That's so anyway, so that one's dead. I got to I got to take it. Maybe yeah, it's right, too spicy it. for the pod. Oh, I okay, love great. a spicy take. Supreme Court's got its hands in too many pies. What the heck are they doing over there? <laughs> I think they should stick to sports, honestly. <laughs> yeah. more, more sports likeness related decisions. That's Good great. Grief. That seems like right in their wheelhouse. What won't they Don't touch? go beyond that. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, there's like a big head decision made on uh, the <laughs> state of Nebraska versus NBA Jam. It's yes. Like you, yeah. cannot, you cannot defame. Yeah. These sports stars by giving them big heads. Yeah. No. Now I, I'm just an old country lawyer, but it <laughs> seems to me if you're exaggerating the cranial size of a particular athlete, <laughs> that's gonna defame them in the eyes of the general public. <laughs> Did somebody say lawyer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, I need, I, need, I need a real prediction. My prediction is going to be uh, that we're going to that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be pushed to 2024. I wow. think that's going to be substantially delayed. It's an antagonistic uh, prediction, but all, all right, but, I, I like it's going to happen. Yeah, all right. You think that's announced in the next two weeks? Yes. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, talk about like. I gotta lay a marker like, down. Yeah. Woof. They gotta do it sometime. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Might as well do it I've in like two one. weeks. I've got one. I've got okay. one. Because we're in the we're in the per. I mean, E three just happened, so this would have been announced at E three. Yeah. Uh, uh, one more prediction is because it's in the nostalgia window, the return of Guitar Hero. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. And maybe that's. A good spot to introduce our guest, wouldn't it be? It would Boy, be, but we got other we got other be. bullshit to go go through in this yeah. show. No, we can introduce our guest right now because he is a All musician, right. in addition to being an artist and a streamer from twitch.tv slash Zane Carney, where you can check out the music theory of gaming. Zane Carney, hi Zane, Edge. Wow, he brought it back. <laughs> it's back. He's been saying What's up, guys? <laughs> Hi, Zane. What's up, Zane? Hello. Oh, this is Thank- like a dream come true. I. This is so great. Thanks for having Th- me. Thanks for coming back. We had, we, 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 you know, we previously had you on to discuss the Aerosmith shooting game, uh, Revolution <laughs> X. So hopefully this will be a little bit more enjoyable in our newer format. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad mm. that the format changed. Uh, so I can play a fun game and talk about great music. But man, you guys were troopers with that game. 
a year ago. That that was terrible. That was I like wiped good. it from my memory. I like forgot that. I knew you had been on it before, <laughs> but I forgot that that's what we talked about. Really yes, rough. the game where you you shoot uh you shoot CDs at people for some reason. I don't know yeah. what's going on. Music Confusing. is the weapon. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh god, so bad. No, but I've been listening. I, I mentioned this before on the podcast but, uh, last time, but maybe I didn't make it clear enough. I listened to every episode. This is the only podcast oh, I listen to. Every, I got Stitcher Premium because of this podcast. Oh, wow. So I could wow. go back and wow. hear more. So You hear that, Stitcher oh, Premium? Man. It's true, though. Seriously. <laughs> I'm like so grateful to be here. And uh, yeah, this is so fun getting to talk to you guys. Uh, oh, we're man. we're lucky to have you because yeah. of your your particular expertise, but also because you are a guy who plays a lot of games. And I know that you you spent a lot of time playing Mario Tennis. Are you still playing Mario Tennis? That's a good question. I stopped playing that a couple months ago. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, my hands were getting. Oh man, I there was a period like during the middle of the pandemic, mm-hmm. maybe twenty twenty one, where I'm like, man, my left hand is really achy. Yeah. Maybe I've aged a little bit. I'm not sure what it is, but it's not good. And I tried a bunch of different remedies, including finally exercising again. I'm like, it's mm. still achy. And then I realized I had been playing a competitive game where I'm trying to be like ranked top 10 yeah. right. uh, on a handheld switch. Like it's not yeah. ergonomically <laughs> correct. Yes. And I was playing, oh God, I don't know, 100 hours a month, 200. I don't know, like too oh many. Oh my gosh. So I stopped playing, and two weeks later, it doesn't hurt to play guitar no more. Oh, wow. Hey, there you go. Do you think think your hands were trying to, like, slowly evolve into the shape of tennis rackets? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Or, like, the switch, the angular, gross sort of... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm really glad that I stopped playing. Although I loved it, and I got really close to making Rosalina an ace. So I was really wow, uh, so close. Wow. But uh, I got 30, 32 points away from getting her to an ace level. But you know, it's all right. I've been playing a lot of other games, and I thought I had not been playing much until I made my list for what am I playing. And uh, oh god, it's aggressive. <laughs> oh, I, I have a problem, I think, which is why <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Uh, you're a great fit for us. Do you, do you have? I'm just curious because 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 the in the Mario Sports umbrella, another recent release was the new Super Mario Strikers. Have you messed around with that at all? I haven't gotten that yet because I fear that I will become equally as competitive. Mm. Like I, I was playing Madden 22 for a while too. I seem to love these dark, chaotic online competitive matches. I don't know what trauma I'm trying to figure out, but I, I do <laughs> I do play those. And the Madden one I just stopped too and I figured, man, if I play Mario Strikers, same situation. So I've been playing some calmer games that require less like instantaneous fast twitch movements. Let, let me ask you about Madden real quick, just because I, I I remember reading an article. It was one of those fascinating esports articles about the competitive Madden scene and just how the game, because of the way it's balanced, uh, and you know it, these games are often broken in in some way because EA just does not care that much. They have exclusive rights to the 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 franchise, and they know it'll sell regardless. So. But but that 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 I don't know if it was Madden is twenty one or twenty two, but one of them was so broken that the the champion winner, like the winner of the esports championship of the game, didn't even have a quarterback on their roster. They used a punter and they only ran running plays because right. the, because because of passing is so broken in the game that that running is the the best way to be if you're playing at a high level. Right. Um, how, what, like what 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 in your experience is is playing Madden like, and how does it diverge from like playing online and competitive? versus playing it like, you know, for funsies? That's a good question. I mean, I, I I hate to admit, but I probably didn't
didn't play it too much for fun. My poor girlfriend would be mm. like, why are you so angry at 2 a.m.? Like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm normally nice, but I would get really frustrated because they'd rage quit on me. So if, you, if you're up oh, by wow. seven or 10 points, they rage quit. And I'm yeah. one of those people who stays till the end, even if I'm down 50 to zero. And I'm looking at my screen like, why won't they be nice like me? But of course, they're not going to be playing the way I do. Um, yeah, I mean, there was one guy who I played a few times who had Derrick Henry on his team. And yeah, it was game over. He was just Tennessee Titans running up the middle. And yeah, running is is the way to go in that game. But I don't know. I, I only played for about a month and a half until I realized mm-hmm. this is not exactly a healthy replacement for Mario Tennis Aces. It's much more toxic. <laughs> they can say things to you that are so yeah. Rude. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would think so. Like, yeah. Why did I buy a headset? What am I thinking? So yeah, I yeah. stopped that. And again, my hands feel so much better now. So I haven't come back. <laughs> yeah, they're like, seeing less drywall probably, it sounds like. <laughs> right. And the contrast too, like last night, my girlfriend's from Romania and we played mm-hmm. Microsoft Flight Simulator and flew over Bucharest. Like that's, that's better that's for the nice. hands. Also for relationships, that is, yeah. that is a better move. But, and connection, <laughs> which I love. It's so good. No, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy with the games I've been playing these days. And uh, I don't know, we'll see if I go back into competitive stuff. But for now, I'm finding a way to finally calm down and enjoy a story, which is nice. I, I, was, just, I was just thinking about this because we brought up Mario, uh, Mario Strikers. Mario's, he, he's dipping his toes. He's in all the sports. Mm-hmm. He's got... Mario soccer. Mm-hmm, He's got sure. Mario Kart. Where's Mario Rocket League? That's a no-brainer. That's a home run. Oh, oh you driving mean just, just... in a cart playing soccer. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do it with Mario mm. and Yoshi and they, all your guys. They don't have a tendency to clone games, Nintendo. Like, they no. usually just sort of... I mean, I could see them maybe outsourcing that to a, to a third party and giving them the license to make a Rocket League clone, but... I feel like they they probably would rather be like, no, we want to come up with the, the next Rocket League that people are right. going to copy. They got all the they have they have all the pieces. They have all the clues. I'm all for it. <laughs> they just yeah, replace it. that replace that ball with a shell or something. Sure, why not? Yeah, oh, that's smart. That's, that's great. Idea. That's yeah, I want to see. I want to see a Mario unofficial sports collection. So Ooh. it's like it's like the stupid sports that you make up. With your family or with like your loved ones, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. it's like it's like table crumple paper, sure, and uh, for, uh, man uh, for almost sport. like a like a WarioWare collection, <laughs> yeah, hmm. uh, or like or like how many times can you jump? Yeah, sure, you know? like <laughs> right. unofficial sports collection. Yeah, right, that's great. Like a hot dog eating contest with Mario. Yeah, <laughs> put that in there. That's one of the games. I do I like think it. that's more Wario's wheelhouse, but I like it. Well, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's it's his wheelhouse, but Mario's going to try. Sure. Uh, the uh, I uh, look, we we can we can pitch on this all day. Uh, we could. And you know what? We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Here it goes. No, let's let's talk about some video games because Zane, you, you teased it a little bit. You talked about some calmer, more meditative games. What are you playing? 
What are you playing? <laughs> I was hoping I would get to hear that. <laughs> also, I like the new voices that are being tried, Heather. Oh, so I love it. The last episode ended with another random <laughs> what are you playing to see option. So great. Um, well, so one thing I've been playing, and uh, it's funny because you guys did a Pac-Man episode a couple episodes ago or three ago. That's right. Mm-hmm. Right behind me, I'm going to reveal visually to you, I have a Pac-Man machine in my studio. Wow. Look at that. Yeah, I have an arcade one up. So my mom bought me this for my birthday this year in April. And I'm not great at Pac-Man. My high score is 35,000 points, roughly. But Gallic is on there. And I have an okay. My score is 233 right now. It's like 233,000. I'm okay at that. But that's become a fun thing when like bouncing down mixes for whatever, co-writing sessions or my own stuff. I'll just go back there while it's bouncing and not be professional and not listen to the mix to make sure it was right. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll play Pac-Man. Um, so that that I was playing a lot for the first month um, once I got it. And then um, recently I had COVID mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I don't, what am I going to do at home? And my partner was out of town. I'm like, oh man, I guess I'll play some game. Uh, and so I uh, downloaded Triangle Strategy. And let me just tell you, friends, oh. this game is unbelievable. It's Ooh. so good. I have at okay. least 50 hours in, and I'm I'm one of those slow players with JRPGs and, and yes. tactics games. Me too. So I, I'm just really taking my time. And uh, I stopped playing it. I, I not stopped. I haven't played it as much the past month and a half or two, but I was really going hard for two weeks there. So I Man. love that. I, yeah. I planned on playing that when I was, I was like, oh, this is going to be extremely my shit when I saw it come. And then just like where it came out, I think it was coming out like just before Elden Ring or something. I was just like, I'm not going to have time for this. But but t- wh- like, why why is it hooked you so much? And are like, do you do you typically glom towards games in this genre? I do. So, yeah, Octopath Traveler <clears throat> is one of my favorite games of the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. Even though wow. it's obviously a different type of game, but that's the same developer. Sure. And very similar visual style. Um, I I like games that involve uh, troubleshooting, sadly, or, or problem solving. I was talking uh, recently to my partner about like what my favorite subject was in school. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like I guess we went on the first date. Like what am I? Why did we bring that up? Like three and a half years in. But uh, yeah, <laughs> what's your favorite subject? But so mine, uh, I I uh, really enjoyed math. I was best at you know history and and uh, I, you know, hopefully obviously music. But uh, math, I loved it because I went into the problems each night and knew generally how long it would take, and it was fun to solve it. And so with uh, games that have basically infinite combinations of weapons and classes and all these different things, sure, uh, that's really fun for me to find the optimal way to win. I like saving up on resources and experience points and then using them to just jump way forward. Another reason that I liked uh, Pokemon, which I know everyone here recently played also in May, but um, yeah, so I, I like it for that reason. I also like going into a battle and you have to decide between, I think so far I've maybe gotten 20 characters and you have to decide which 15 for this battle or 12. And I'm thinking, well, I guess there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of tall buildings here. And so I want to get a hunt to someone who can go above a hawk type character who can shoot down with arrows. And I get really into the, the slow process. Another game I loved back in the day for PSP was Metal Gear Acid, like the card. Oh, yeah. oh. So I'm really into that slow measured uh, sort of strategic uh, type of gameplay. That's awesome. Um, the how is the is is the story clicking for you? Because I've heard that it's all, it's got like a lot of dialogue, and those cutscenes are super long. It is. But I was talking to a friend recently. I I've never really gotten into stories as a gamer. 
And I don't mm. know if it's because mm. of my background and being a total idiot snob. Like I'm a jazz musician, so we become snobby early. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to rock. That's not as good as Miles, Dave. <laughs> right. So because of that, I have carried this. Uh, I'm working on it in therapy. I'll tell you. But I, but I sometimes um, get a. Uh, Oh God! Is elitist the word? Oh no! Like I, I figure, if I'm going to read a story, let's read some Dostoevsky, baby. Sure, sure. those guys. I'm going to read some Kurt Vonnegut, baby. Yeah. Um, but I've realized <laughs> recently that the writing is getting so good, and I'm like, maybe I should really take in this story. An Octopath Traveler was a story I thought, whoa, Final Fantasy 13. I was like, this is interesting. So I'm starting to kind of get more story driven. But I, I'll be honest with Triangle. Uh, I ain't got no clue what's going on, but I like them stats. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. That's rad. I got to yeah. play it. Uh, Matt, what have you been playing recently? I, so a couple of, uh, a couple, like a handful of fans have uh, tweeted, at, I think both me and Heather about this particular game. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's the Elden Ring D-Make. I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show yet. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there's a full, like, I don't know how, uh, comprehensive of the entire game uh uh it is but um there's a uh, a game boy um d make which is you know what you would imagine is it, it is for the listener it's like the opposite of a remake it's like uh it's a game boy version of elden ring uh and it's uh it's by uh shintendo uh and it's if you if you search elden ring d make shintendo you'll find it um and it, it's rad it's really really fun it's not like um i mean look it's it's the game boy version of elden ring so it's a little slower it doesn't have like overworld music it's sure anything like that but it's like i don't know it's like the fact that somebody did this is it's it's wild it's it's really really cool um uh, and there are other ones of course but i was playing it i was playing this one on uh my analog pocket and was having a great time with it and dying a lot and uh like trying to just even get through um just some of it i only played it for like uh maybe like an hour or so um but it was i had a great time with it i just uh just the fact that it exists uh just like uh filled me with joy it was a, it was a lot a lot of fun uh highly recommended if that's something you're interested in you could probably play it on you might be able to play it on a browser honestly on itch.io or something um but uh or you can download it and play it probably in any emulator um, but it's it, it's cool. It, the enemies look how you think they would look, you know, like like just Game Boy versions of like the knights and stuff. It's really fun, um, uh, really really well done. Uh, and then there's there's sometimes no enemies like how you would see it in Elden Ring. Uh, and then you'll go into the next screen, and there'll be like three of them, and they're immediately all attacking you. And it's like, oh no, so similar experience. They somehow captured right. the same vibe. Uh, in the Game Boy style. So if you're interested in that, go check it out. Really cool. And thanks, uh, listeners, for uh, tagging us a bunch. Heck yeah. Yeah. I, I was, yeah. I was looking at some of the some of the, the screens and the footage while you were talking over mm-hmm. here, and it's it does look it does look really rad. They they're also just like a like a Game Boy style you died screen, which yeah. is very satisfying. Yeah, really, really fun. Has Zane, have you ever gotten into the From Software games? No, I don't know From Software. Did they make Elden Ring? Yeah, they yeah. made Elden oh. Ring. Yeah, I have yeah. not played that yet. I obviously, I've heard so much about the game, but yeah, I I haven't tried it yet. But I love the idea of a demake of taking like 4K and turning it into like 144P, or I don't even know what <laughs> yeah. the Game Boy screen is. That's awesome. It's game really, Boy, really game cool. Boy was like 
like it was like 320 by 240 or something. Wow, like more than I pixels. thought. I think it was is maybe less than that. No, it's probably it it, it it I'll I'll look it up right now, but yeah, it's yeah. it's uh it's not a lot of lot of pixels they're working with. Well, I will say um, I I bought an analog pocket but it hasn't come yet. I'm in group B. So, oh, man. Oh, Heather oh, got it first and then you got I'm getting mine in December. I cannot wait. It's you're going to love it. It's oh, I'm so excited. It's a dream. It's 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 beautiful. Oh, there's Heather's right there. She's showing it oh, on screen. I just pulled so, it out wow. of my own pocket. Wow. So but I just awesome. keep it on me all the time. Is that true? That's not you? Tr- no, that's not oh. fucking true. I have a pet. <laughs> that's the kind of thing you would do, though. Like, yeah. I would just be like, yeah, okay. She, yeah, I, Heather, I has, Heather has a locket with a Game Boy with a, an analog pocket yeah. attached. My grandpa has a knife in his boot. Heather has a Game Boy. <laughs> I do most wow. of the time carry my Pokeball Plus with me. Uh, and just it. every time it vibrates, I, I t- press the thing and catch Pokemon for Pokemon Go. Uh, which is a, a nice way, a, a nice constant stress relief. Um, keeps me, keeps me, it's like a fidget spinner. We've talked yeah, about yeah. this. Right. Um, but Heather, what are you playing? What am I playing? Well, I'll tell you what I'm not playing. Um, so, <sighs> you know, I've been dabbling in this Vita game remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you poking around, having some fun, visual novel, little horny, the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, uh. and then some somebody on Twitter, I think, linked me to a review of the game or linked somebody else with me tagged in a review. And I saw that this game that I had picked up as a casual play experience is 25 fucking hours long. And I dropped it immediately. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what? Who? 25 hours is longer than it takes me to read an actual novel, yeah. let alone like a fucking visual novel. So, um, so yeah, I gave that up. But as of this record, there was a big Persona announcement that Persona 5, 4, and 3 are all being released from modern consoles. Mm-hmm. And me trying to like give some life to my Vita, I think I'm going to play Persona 4 on my Vita and that's going to be my next sort of like long-term game and also in last week i talked about what am i gonna do on the airplane well i've got 11 hours yeah persona is the perfect flight game and i'll admit i haven't played persona 4 so what am i doing i'm i'm gearing up to play that game wow that's amazing the only person with a vita at the airport (laughs) <laughs> you, you know <laughs> look it's cool think, it's not a slam if you think that's if you think that's gonna be a, the, the tip off for the kind of person i am at the airport uh i also just got a uh, a sony mavica which is a uh a 1990s uh digital camera that uses floppy disks Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm uh, I think I'm going to bring that with me on my trip so that I can be like clumsily like digging through a bag, yeah. pulling out floppy disks, jamming them into a camera and taking like a photo that takes like a minute to save. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be amazing. a real pleasure. It's um, great that there's there's not a there's not a dearth of uh interesting accessories for you to have that's great. no well I, look i i know that i'm i'm bringing it up on the podcast so i risk uh uh setting my own new exciting uh hobby on fire 
But right now, retro digital cameras with like low resolution output, like think better than Game Boy camera, worse than any phone, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, is this like slowly developing like hobbyist community. Interesting. And those cameras are like eight bucks. Like a right. camera that used to cost like three grand in the year 2000, you can get them for nothing. And if you walk into a Goodwill, you could get them for like 50 cents. Yeah. And they take, right. they at the time they took really interesting photos because of the color compression and the artifacts. They're, they're not, when you try and process a photo and de-res it, it gives you a different quality than these old color sensors and light sensors used to give. So yeah, I'm super into it. I'm, that rocks. I'm, I'm living the life, but th- yeah, that's, are. those aren't those aren't video games. I'm gonna be playing my fucking Vita on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> that qualifies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I mean that's maybe the most hardcore thing answer any of us are gonna have. So I think that absolutely absolutely works. I, I, I was gonna say the Heather. The, <laughs> what did you say? I said I don't think that's hardcore, man. I, I think it's pretty hardcore. It's hardcore. So. It's, it's pretty freaking hardcore. hardcore. It's yeah. hardcore if I was. It's uh, what's that egghead? Hardcore. <laughs> you know, there's there's these flat monitors that you can get that are like basically iPads with an HDMI in, mm-hmm. and all these planes now have plugs under the seat. So if I was hardcore, I'd bring my fucking PlayStation. Wow. <laughs> on yeah. The, on the on the flight, buy an that extra seat for the PS5. The, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was, uh, you were talking about retro, uh, the, you know, hardware a little bit. And I was, I, I became fascinated with this game, with this movie, Blue Thunder, which was a 1983 helicopter action movie that released, st- starring Roy Scheider of Jaws, that released opposite Return of the Jedi. And, um, and I was, you know, cause it's, it's just like, seems like a, like a famously, like weirdly, you know, just just one of those night those eighties time capsules. Mm-hmm. But I was reading about it. And I read they had a, a a Blue Thunder video game, but the Blue Thunder video game came out for the Action Max uh, four years after the uh, the the release of the movie. The Action Max, which 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 was a briefly existing, um, short lived console that used VHS tapes. So it had a light gun what? and a, and a VHS input. And I was like, part of me was like, I bet Heather has one of these. (laughs) (laughs) And before I forget, I do want to shout out uh, my friend Andrew, who hooked me up with that Mavica. Uh, I don't know if I should use his last name on the podcast, but I I don't want to just be like, oh, I got this nebulously. Like this was a this was a hookup from a friend and I'm I'm real grateful for it. Um, I think that's a the the action. Good hat tip. What the fuck did it? What was it? Action. What'd you call it? Action Action Max. No, I did not have an Action Max. I um, in, in our old I, format, I, I we would one hundred percent be tracking down an Action Max to play the Blue Thunder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> also, uh, I'm changing my name to Action Max. Well, oh, that's badass. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> dibs. <laughs> um, well, hey, you know what? This Action Max persona may very way very well fit into the game that I've been playing, Neon White. Uh, this was developed by uh, Angel Matrix uh, and the lead designer Ben Esposito has been on the indie scene for a bit. Uh, the writer uh, who, who, who did the story, Ryan Shannon, um, has worked some in animation. This game is just pure joy. It wow. is so fucking fun. 
it, it's basically it's a it's it's an FPS game that is designed around speed running. Um, you have very oh. short levels, like they're 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 all of them I played so far have been a minute or less. They're super short levels that are just fast and frenetic. You're just trying to sprint through them as quickly as possible, dispatch all of the enemies, and get to an end end point. And then you are ranked in terms of like you know bronze, silver, gold, or there's a rank above that that I have yet to attain any any of these levels. And and you can you know the you can quick restart levels like I'm playing on PC and and you know you got Wasta controls but the F key will just restart your level instantly so like if you fuck something up you can mm-hmm. you can get another go at it uh, which is really great for this for how this works mechanically but it, for me it's of a of a of a piece with a Vampire Survivors which I played earlier or talked about earlier on the podcast uh, this year and just in terms of of 2022 releases that are just if you want to just have fun playing a video game, this is the game to play. It is. I was like, I was like instantly like I am having so much fucking fun. I just, I can't, I can't explain. Yeah. If you watched me playing this, you would just see me like beaming and like, wow. I, there's just no way to explain it. It's just so fun. Uh, Zane, I'm not sure if I'd advise it for you because it is a game with a leaderboard and Uh-oh. it is possible to get hyper competitive because okay. you can see where you can see your positioning <laughs> uh, on the global leading board leaderboard as you're playing and, you know, endlessly replay a level to try to climb the ranks there. But it is, it is also just so, so fun if you can not get too obsessive about that. Uh, it's got little it, it kind of I've seen some comparisons to Hades just in terms of it does have like a story that you, that in between missions and it's not very Hades like tonally Hades is, is more literary. This is a little bit more like, you know, a well-written webcomic. It's a little bit more edgelordy, uh, but it is it is super fun. And and uh, God, I, I, I t- totally recommend it. If everyone wants to play it on, on Switch or PC and just have the time of their life. That, that fucking, almost sounds like, great. Is it kind of mirrors edgy? Like you're running through? No, not really. Not parkouring, I guess. I, I, I mean, it's in the sense that there's some first person platforming, yes. Right. But there's also shooting. Like there's there's combat. But it's okay. also like, yeah, you know, I should do a better job of describing it mechanically because basically, as you're sprinting through these environments, there's cards that you can pick up, uh, and you go over one of these cards, and they'll usually have two. They'll have two functions. They'll have like you know, uh, I picked up the. Uh, I, I picked up a machine gun and the machine gun card it, it, with the I'm playing on PC, the left mouse button, it will uh, rapid fire until it's out of ammo. Uh, and then the right mouse button will actually I don't know if it runs out of ammo. doesn't matter. Uh, anyway, the right mouse button, uh, the other function, it will discard. So the card will go out of your hand. Uh, but then the function is it will cause an explosion, which you can either use to blow down barricades or destroy a swarm of enemies or to rocket jump if you want to, you know, use its use its momentum to propel yourself upward. So it, it's it's a lot like what? How long do I hold this on to? At what point is the perfect point to dis- to, oh, that's to discard cool. this? I like that. Um, yeah, it's it's really just simple and just so elegantly implemented. And I just uh, man, I'm just having the the time of my my damn life. Uh, so that. yeah, neon white. That's what I've been playing. That actually sounds kind of in between <clears throat> the two of us, like because I know Heather likes combatty stuff, and I also mm-hmm. love combat, but I also love strategy. But it seems like it's kind of in the middle where there's action, there's movement. You have to, yeah, that's nice. I like that. I'm I'm just going to continue sound like a creep, like I've listened to too many episodes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you guys are into. I'm weird. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, we no, love no, it. Oh, Lord. We we don't understand it, but we love it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you.
my ideal video game, I realized as you were saying that, uh, because I don't like strategy. I I don't want to think. I just want to fight. Uh, would be if you could transform the opening, the the one of the three cold opens to RRR, the one mm-hmm. where the guy is fighting his way through a crowd. If you could translate that into a video game, yes. I would play that mm. forever. Like just endless enemies, right. like crushing you. That's uh, cool. That would be Dynasty my shit. Warriors adjacent, but not, Dynasty like, Warriors it's just has not the, quite. It doesn't have any meat on those bones, right? Sure. You know, did you like the Lord of the Rings games that had that blasting fighting everyone all the time, or is that the same kind of vibe as Dynasty? It's the same. It's same. It's uh, yeah, a little a little Dynasty for me. Right. <clears throat> right. Um. There there are moments when the ultra hard mode of was it Ghost of Tsushima kind of hit that that sweet spot where you'd just be like, oh, yeah. I'm going to charge this whole village by myself, top speed, uh, and and see if I can make my way through it. That was fun. Hmm. Um, but ultimately, it took too long to get to those points. Yeah. You got it from Valhalla, though, I'm sure. Like, that's a similar thing, right? Yeah. Valhalla was easy at times. I wanted Valhalla to be crazy hard. Yeah. Uh, I don't, there, somebody's gonna make it. It's. I mean, Elden Ring. <laughs> Elden Ring was like really hit to hit that sweet spot for me. Uh, I just yeah. wish there were more people constantly coming out. I wish it was like you kill somebody and before you could catch your breath. There's like other people running over the horizon towards you. Right. That'd be great. That's so amazing that you can handle that. That that would give yes. you so much anxiety. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, no, it does. It's great. Right, right. That's part of the fun, right? Yeah. Wow. What if we were like, not that I'm saying we, I'm not, you guys are the cool. I'm just here. No, but we. I'm like, no, but, we're not but I'm cool. like, wouldn't we have like a Captain America team? Like if there was a crazy game that was really hard that involved strategy and then combat. And then I don't know, Nick, you're, you do, I don't know. Everyone does different stuff here, but you're like mm. good at adventure games. It seems like, and then sure. I don't know. We could, let's beat that game. Okay, cool. I'm really good at podcasts. I just want to suck at this. <laughs> Crap! How are you guys so good at this? Oh, man. <laughs> You're doing great. No, this is, uh, the, I, uh, I do think that, that you would like the, you would like Neon White. I think Matt would like it. I think that Heather would like it. I think that basically anyone who plays games would like it because I think cool. it's just like super duper fun. And I think I'm going to check it I out think- on Switch. I think that, yeah, and I also think that just, like, it, like, in terms of challenge, I mean, part of it is self-imposed, part of it is, like, do I just want to get through the levels, or do I want to actually, like, try to get the rewards that come with getting the better times, right. but uh, I, I don't know, I think that it also is just so, it, it it is just so fun and so fast that I, that I think that, that most people will be compelled to try to beat their own times, or, or, or climb the, the ranks of the leaderboard, uh, but anyway, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about the main chunk of this episode, which is Zane, you have a Twitch channel where you talk about, you know, you play games, but you also talk about the music theory of gaming. And uh, like, what was the, what was the birth of that concept? And, and, and tell anyone who hasn't seen the, seen your stream, hasn't checked out your stream yet, like what they would see or, or what kind of things you, you, you do on the, uh, on Twitch. Totally. So yeah, I started, um, I started streaming on Twitch at the end of April of 2020 and it was purely, oh, pandemic and, Right. Touring, touring is over for now. And I was one of the those people in the industry who was, uh, I call it the industry, by the way. <laughs> that was so stupid. No, I was one of the people, uh, one of my group of friends, you know, we, we made most of our living and uh, most of our time was spent on the road. So mm, I probably averaged sure. 200 to 400 shows per year. 
performing. Wow. That's wild. Which sounds crazy, but I was on a Broadway show and we definitely did 400 and some shows a year because eight show weeks. Okay. So I was always performing. And then when the pandemic shut it down, I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And I had been following this guy, Ryukar, who's this incredible Super Mario maker player, just incredible video gamer. And I had DM'd him because I made a level for him while I was on tour with someone. And he's like, man, come to Twitch, man. We'll raid you. We'll like get some people to come learn about you. So I thought, all right, well, I genuinely love gaming. I genuinely do it all the time. So what can I do to incorporate gaming into my streams? Because the initial streaming concert was just, I don't know, show up and play a concert. Do people want to watch that online? It's April 2020. I don't know what's happening. Right. And then um, I was talking to a friend about, I don't know what game it was, Zelda or some game. And I, yeah, I think it was Zelda, the fairy theme. And I was like, yeah, that four chord, walking down to the three, to the two. And he wasn't a musician. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, oh yeah. So like, if you're in the key of C, there's a certain set of harmonic rules and you don't have to follow them, but uh, it's like a meal. You know, if I give you these three items in a meal, you know, steak and asparagus and, and I don't know, squash, it feels like it makes sense together. Well, these chords in Zelda make sense together, but the melody is using notes from the key, not from those chords. And it sounds unique and special. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really giving a, a quick explanation now, but it was like a three minute explanation. And he was like, oh man, that's, that's interesting. That's like watching the Food Network where I'm never going to cook the food ever, but it's fun <laughs> to see how you're supposed to cook it. Yeah, and right. And I'll turn off the channel. I was like, oh, maybe I should do that. And I love, um, I just love educational programming. I love Bill Nye. Like back in the day, that was my childhood. I love learning about things that I may never technically use, but it, it's enjoyable. I watch PBS's Space Time. I watch all these different you know, Cosmos, I loved, uh, especially the Carl Sagan version. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to help people understand how music theory, uh, knowing just a teeny bit more of what's happening harmonically and melodically for me, at least has increased my joy of listening to music so much more. Maybe I can offer that to others. And, uh, since I'm a gamer, I just started, I did Sonic, I did Super Mario brothers. I did, uh, um, uh, Undertale. I did Celeste. I did all these different modern and retro games and uh, yeah, it's gotten pretty out of control. I mean, some of the scores that I've analyzed are like uh, Medal of Honor, like really intense, straight up cinematic. Wow. I'm not right. analyzing. I'm al analyzing basically Alan Silvestri level compositions. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun. It's fun for me. I learn. Um, hopefully the people watching get something out of it. It seems like people enjoy it. Um, mm. Yeah, it's a fun way to revisit these classics because a lot of times I play the game before or after the stream on stream like yeah I remember this so it's it's really fun uh, it's awesome and and you were kind enough to lend your format and your expertise to our podcast uh, because we're going to talk about the music theory of a game known for its score Donkey Kong Country the score is by David Wise the game of course released for Super Nintendo in 1994 a rare developed uh, Nintendo published uh, but before we get into that one of you, you you gave us a bunch of pitches a bunch of different options to talk about uh, we thought this was a good one as an entry point but one game you cited was uh, Ninja Gaiden and you know not the not the Xbox uh, Team Ninja version like we're talking old school the NES version uh, which I actually played it as a kid I played one and two and those games are were tough as nails but really yeah. really good uh, what uh, what what was about the Ninja Gaiden sco score that we were, we were like like oh I love this and uh, and uh, we're gonna play a little bit of, of a bit I I believe as you're talking nice so yeah I. Uh... If it's playing underneath me talking, how great is this moment? Check out that eighth note. <laughs> Isn't that nice? Oh, man. Oh, this is so fantastic. It's fucking yeah. rad. So there's just like a ton of chromaticism. There's a ton of implied harmony through these arpeggios. 
Um, there's so much information. I like a lot of information, which I think is why I like strategy games. I like taking yeah. all the pieces and seeing if I can solve it. Um, so for me, as much as I love a simple folk song and I even write songs like that, when there's a lot of motion, it makes me very excited, especially when that motion is surprising. So an, an example I would use, coming back to that cooking analogy, is if someone's like, here's that red ste steak and here's the, the, you know, whatever, green beans. If on top of the squash, they added like honey and then like, like literally a sugar cube inside, I'd be like, what? That's so, huh. And then I'd eat it and go, that's, I actually like this. I, that surprised me. It works together. Well done, uh, sir, ma'am. Great job, you. Okay. So uh, that's how I talk to people generally. <laughs> um, so um, I like that musically more than I like getting a, a consistent meal. So when I was on tour right. with a lot of people, they're like, let's go to McDonald's. We know what we're going to get. And I'd say, come on, that sushi place in Montana. It might be interesting. I, I like being surprised. <laughs> so this song has a lot of movement um, and a lot of surprising harmony. That secondary dominance moment right there going to the one chord. Uh, I'm sorry, five, seven chord going to the one chord. I will talk slower during the actual thing we'll do today. But um, <laughs> I get, that song I, is <laughs> conducive to speaking quickly. Uh, there you go. Like the, and I do want to point out the 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 YouTube link that I had uh, for this one. The first comment on it is, fun fact, the music of this game was designed to make you mess up and die. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great yeah so i don't know I, I and i do get very excited talking about this stuff and uh sometimes i have to force myself to slow down because i, I give private lessons sometimes too and and i had a student actually today who uh I, I got really excited explaining what i'm doing when i improvise in a jazz space and i said to him you know i realize this is happening as a bang bang play in my head or in anyone's head when they're improvising. Just like you guys, you guys are so funny. You know, imagine pausing and saying, here's why that joke was funny and it, it would take time and you guys are just so fast. Um, it would take us time because we wouldn't have a good answer. Uh, <laughs> no way. But so, um, yeah, I, I trying to explain, in fact, I took an acting class in 2020 because I was going to give up on music. That's a whole other story. Oh, man. Um, but uh, long story. But anyway, I was going to get back into acting and my teacher said, you know, slow down. I said, right. I think the reason I speed through things is uh, on the guitar, I can play six notes at once. And there's like a specific feeling in just that combination of harmony. And I have to, you know, spend a longer time arpeggiating those six notes. It would take longer. I'm used to just instantaneous emotion, nuanced emotion based on one note change over six uh, harmonic tones. So it's hard for me sometimes to live in real life and be linear <laughs> and speak in time. But uh, yeah, that song did bring up anxiety and I liked it. The kind I like. So I appreciate that. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, can, just just as a as a definition of terms for for people who maybe are don't have a musical background, yep. uh, you, you know, you, you brought up arpeggio, arpeggiated a couple of times, um, which I know is is a function, a thing that you would run into a lot with these older chip so tune a delicious scores. Pasta. Yes, it's a exactly, pasta. Exactly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing that a lot of people like maybe don't realize and that they're probably going to learn here today. A lot of music is pasta. Straight up. Yeah, multi yeah. bene as far as yeah. I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, yeah, multi bene. You're right. Yeah, I like this. That's amazing. Yeah, but so certain terms, yeah. So, you know, oftentimes when I'm doing these these streams on Twitch is I, I will use very few music theory terms mm. because I went to USC and I got like B's and C's on these theory tests. And I'm thinking, what? And then a year later, they had me come back to give these clinics and theory classes on jazz versus classical and how to combine. To me, it's so much more important um, how it makes us feel 
feel and sure. uh, mm-hmm. how I can use that feeling to create my own music that's meaningful to me. Mm. And a lot of times the people on my streams, they're not professional musicians and yet they'll put songs in my Discord or DM me on Instagram. Like, you told me these four white notes worked well together. How does this sound? I'm like, yeah, at any tempo, you can use these tools. And it's really fun to create your own harmonic, you know, background music. Um, but so, yeah, sometimes I will use terms and I did just then. Yes, yeah, so an arpeggio is essentially uh, taking notes um, uh, individually. So if there's a triad and I'm playing... Oh, sorry. If I'm playing this, you know. Oh. I'm playing a C. Wow. But if I go bum, 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 and I hit all those notes individually, now I'm arpeggiating them. If I play them together, now it's a triad or a chord. So oftentimes in music, there are these three elements. I mean, there's rhythm, of course, and it's happening in time. But there's, you know, the melody note. There is the harmony underneath. And then you can imply, go between those two by arpeggiating, essentially. Okay, I just want to clear up for the listener at home that uh, Zane is not making those noises with, with his mouth. That is a guitar. <laughs> that is a guitar. <laughs> yeah. And I have this this person in the room playing for me. Keep going, Larry. Dude, you guys are funny. I'm going to stop trying. God damn it. You're doing great. Uh, oh, the, the, I, I think fam- as, as arpeggios go in, in game music, I always think of the... Uh, the Final Fantasy uh, prelude, just like that climbing and descending, you know, totally. series of notes. Yep. Um, but uh, let's talk about Donkey Kong Country a little bit. So uh, DKC, I mean, let's uh, uh, Matt, I'll, Matt uh, Zane, I'll let you guys take it away. Where are we beginning? Uh, well, I mean, I, we sort of we have a, we have a, a few tracks here, and they're not in any particular order. But I just uh, the first one I have here is. Uh, is one of Zane's picks, uh, and it's uh, Simeon Segway. Should I just give it a play, and you just want to go for it? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Oh, so nice. Hey, there's an arpeggio for you in the beginning. There wow. you go. So this this is the overworld theme, right? And uh, by the way, yes. I played the game the past week. I, I beat the game because I wanted to see how the music worked in the game. Wow. And I beat it as That's a kid. Awesome. I just wanted to play the game. Yeah. But so this song feels kind of cutesy to a lot of people. I'm like, oh, this is cute and fun and almost sort of bluesy. Um, And that has to do with some very simple truths. So a lot of times when someone says, oh, this song feels this way, I wonder why. Mm -hmm. It's usually for a very obvious reason. So if someone were to say like, man, this Italian dish tastes like tomato-y. Why is that? I'm like, there's tomatoes in it. It's uh, it's easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's obvious. It's just that we always don't always have the language for music. So basically a blues song has a one, four, and five chord, and they're all dominant. Well, this song has the one and four chord. So it has enough elements to make it feel bluesy. They're dominant 70. And also that bass note is really happy because the bass note is doing, um, it's it's uh, highlighting the major seventh of the key, which makes you really want the key to happen. Boom, 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 boom. Th- that note, duh, duh. Yeah. Makes you want that root. So this song's just like really satisfying and cute. I also like how this song has a teeny bit of tension. And as we know, this game is hard as all crap, eventually. Um, So there's a little bit of tension in this spot that's coming up in like eight bars, but it's not um, dissonance. It's like what we call consonant tension. So it's like you have uh, notes rubbing that are from the key signature. So they don't rub in a bad way. Again, green beans and the steak, you eat them together. That doesn't feel weird. Yeah. If you had steak and Sour Patch Kids, your mouth's like, what? That's dissonant. But the green beans and the steak, like, that makes sense together. Right here. Oh, yeah. There's a whole step dissonance right here. That right there. There's a half step between those two notes, but they're from the same mm. key. So to sure. me, that kind of feels like, get ready. Some tension's coming, but like we're going to ease you into it. 
That's what I felt when I heard this piece, uh, when I overanalyzed it like I just did. So <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought this would be a good song to pick because it's the most ubiquitous one in the game. It happens in almost every single world you're hearing this piece. Um, I don't know, I just, I enjoy the, the cutesy nature and that's music theory-wise kind of what's going on, why it feels that way. I mean, it's a banger, for sure. Yeah, It really gets is. you wanting to play. When a song sounds like an like a dummy like like what i'm what i'm trying to get at here is there's like that don't 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 yeah. don't like it sounds dumb like yeah. like a, like it like a, like you know in a cartoon here comes the dipshit yeah yeah <laughs> totally yeah yeah what is that is that a, a, a specific sequence of notes that evokes that or is that more the tone of the instrument playing those notes like could could that same instrument playing that bass line that makes it sound like a fool. Right, uh, right. If you played, if you played that sequence of notes with, like, say, an oboe or a a, a harp, uh, would it still sound stupid, or is it the the instrument? <laughs> That's a great question. So first off, that sort of you know. That kind of wow. idea. Right now, it sounded kind of jazzy and like, wow, yeah, fun. Right. It's on a guitar. So you make a great point. The tone of the instrument for sure is part of it, but also the register. It's still kind of cool sounding, but it's yeah. lower and it feels a little bit dumber. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also those notes are very, you know, like part of it is the actual notes make us feel a certain way. For example, if I'm playing a chord like this... It feels pretty to us. There's mm -hmm. a specific reason because of the order of the notes. Just the way our, just like if you see the color red, you're like, oh God, stop. There's something inherent in our either genes or our um, evolution. Um, mm -hmm. And when you hear these notes, these are literally frequencies passing through our ears, just like color is passing through our eyes. So mm -hmm. there's an wow. inherent quality to certain notes. Um, likewise, if you have this distance that's in the song, that's in this song. It's not played like this. But it's like, it's something like that. So wow. that's like, mm -hmm. oh, that's dissonant, sort of. Um, so I do think a lot of it is sort of underlying harmonic uh, information. Yet, this underlying harmonic information shows up in certain genres, and then it becomes part of the zeitgeist. So when you hear... That's like, I, I am dumb. I'm walking through the thing. It's sort of like an onomatopoeia, like, I'm dumb. So that's fair. Yeah. But then it shows yeah. up in different genres that, for better or worse, sometimes we laugh at. Like, the Venga boys are coming. The Venga boys. I mean, it has that. Or like polka. Yeah. Hey, it's funny. Um, so uh, it's that, too. I think that, that that device shows up in other genres, and then it becomes mm. more like a feedback loop of, this is hilarious and dumb. But that being said, if it's played differently with a different intention which is a nerdy musical term that I should not have used. Like the, the, no. the snobbiest teachers go, play with intention. Oh God, what does that mean? Um, but when, we um, podcast what, with intention here, so we understand. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, so when you're, um, <laughs> if I play those notes not staccato, like, that still feels dumb, actually. Never mind, it's dumb. Moving <laughs> <laughs> <Here we> on. <laughs> Oops. Uh, it, it's interesting that you mentioned like the, the that that it just it, it being used in certain contexts helps establish itself as a convention, which to me is a very video game thing. And I think like honestly, this score in particular, if we're talking about its aquatic themes, 
seem to sort of like set a language for how, and I, I think Echo the Dolphin kind of contemporaneously with this, the same sort of like, this is how an underwater theme sounds. This is what an underwater level sounds like. And we, we've seen that carried over to a bunch of different games. Yeah, You seem to see, see that happen with like, honestly, it's an itch. It, it feels like different biomes are often just represented sonically in kind of similar ways you know totally. the, the underground lava fortress always kind of sounds the same regardless of what game it's in absolutely and i feel you know specifically aquatic ambience which is one of the songs in this um yeah it, it highlights that there's like a harmonic structure for a lot of these water levels so i'm like gonna play right said, now okay great let's get into it so, by the way, oftentimes I speak about them when the music's not happening, but please keep doing it that way, and I think I'll be good at it. So sorry if I oh, no, say please. things weirdly. Amazing. So this is Aquatic Ambience. I love this. This is my favorite piece in the entire game. It's fucking um, rad. So one thing that makes this feel watery, in my opinion, and again, these are just opinions. I'm analyzing them how I'm calling a strike how I see it. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> but so there are extensions. So extensions are when you stay in the key but you you uh, go above the triad. So for example, oh, now we're at the eighth, F minor. So the triad might be, you know, C, E flat, G. And I'm, I'm just going to say the note names, but disregard, you know, not interested in knowing the note names. But if I go above a G, I might go to B flat. I might go to a D. I might go to an F or an A. So when I keep extending it, you get chords like this. It feels watery because you have more notes that you're going through and they're all diatonics. So they're all from the same key. Um, I love that. Minor nine chords generally feel very watery and also kind of sexy. Like, Careless Whisper has that, you know, oh, yeah. the, the melody notes, the nine. Um, and so that's fluid and feels sort of, I'm dancing on camera. This is an audio podcast. I'm sorry. But it's very, you <laughs> no, know, like those, those dudes at the, uh, ah, the auto shops and they're waving the wind. Yeah, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. The sexiest nine, thing you can think of. But, <laughs> 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 oh, man, I wish I was funny. You guys are great. All right, so <laughs> I took UCB and I sucked. God dang. All right, so um, just natural. Okay, so um, there's that. There's also, this is my personal opinion, Lydian, which is a specific type of mode in music, feels also very watery to most people. Mm. So this second chord, that's a Lydian note. The D natural going up to the E flat. It's a very watery feeling. Um, so that's like, now this chord right here is my favorite. Oh, forget about it, right? First inversion chord with a sus on top. So you have this dissonance of this. Sounds terrible when I play it, but in context of the storyline, it sounds really heartbroken. Like something's like, mm. oh no, what's going to happen to them? Um, are they going to drown underwater? Are they going to get the yeah. swordfish guy? Is he going to abandon them? Just like my dad. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so what's going to happen to these, these crazy kids? So... I'm just I'm a big fan of that of that moment. Also, this song goes in a constant loop, whereas other songs yes. in this score are changing uh, frequently. Um, and again, the rhythmic thing too. I mean, Heather made a great point before about tonality. I tend to focus on the harmony, which is all these notes, you know, working together. Um, that that to me is about sixty to seventy-five percent of what. Um, what happens in music to make us feel a certain way. That's my opinion. Maybe that's just my approach to listening to music. Perhaps rhythm is 80% of what they like about it to others. But generally speaking, if you have a rhythm, I'm just clapping on my, you know, th that's a terrible sound. I'm sorry, that's so loud. But, you know, making a <laughs> rhythm, what's the song? Who knows? The, the song could be, you know, that could have been what I was tapping to. Mm -hmm. I could have been tapping to like... 
Those are all very different songs. So the rhythm didn't really give us that much information. But the harmony, that chord right there, it's like, okay, that's a feeling. I can get behind that. Mm. And so Aquatic Ambience, this song, and a lot of the songs in this score, um, they rely more on rhythm. This song is like, here, we're going to give you a harmonic palette. And I've read up on what David Weiss did for this. He had to like do some trickery to get these sounds into a Super Nintendo. So uh, he really cared about this piece. And I think you can tell by how... Uh, much emotion it evokes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's fucking it's fucking rad, and, and I think this is one that's that's stuck with a lot of people from the soundtrack. Uh, I, I'm just just for the craftsmanship and 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 for what it evokes. I, I, I'm curious. While we're, while we're on the topic of like what he was able to get out of a Super Nintendo, do you have like as you're going through different different games uh, scores from different eras? Do you have like a particular era that you that you gravitate towards? Is there a, is there a particular chipset that you like, or there do is. you like the more? Yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, N sixty four for me, and that's I don't. Oh really, wow, I don't know why, but I, I guess I was twelve. Oh no, I have an agent. I'm still nineteen. Crap. No, I was like twelve. I don't know. I don't really have an agent. Do I? Whatever. I was I was like twelve or so when it came out, and I actually wrote down when you guys were asking about what am I playing. I made too long of a list. I had like Sonic Mania in here. I'm really into. So I, it's, yeah. a good list. Right. it's amazing. All right. Um, Turtle Shredder's Revenge. Yes, I've been playing that as well. Yeah, um, great. But mostly, I wanted to share that I've been playing Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. for N64. Wow, because that's just my era. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Matt, part of the reason we reconnected is I yes. did the national anthem thing, and you were yes, like, "Hey, at Dodger Stadium." So there's a story there. So I, when I was a child actor, I did this. I'm not this word at all, but they needed a kid, so they got mm-hmm. me and some someone else the Celebrity Dodger game. And Tony Danza like pitched to me. It's like, what? Wow. How did this happen? And as I was walking out, um, Hideo Nomo and Mike Piazza came on the field. So wow. that's my era. So this Huge. Major League Base, yeah. So the N64 uh, version of Ken Griffey is that year. I spent like, dude, I spent like eight hours drafting a team a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I, and who am I going to wow. play online against? Why, I, right. I can beat the team no matter what. What am I doing? <laughs> so I've been playing that and I really do enjoy it the sound of that. And then I was playing Goldeneye. I'm like, man, there's something nice about this chipset. It's, it's not straight up symphonic instruments like the PS one could do. Yes. Right. It's not 16 mm-hmm. bit, which I, I love Sega and SNES chipsets equally. I know I'm in like, usually it's you're in one camp or the other. I just love them for different reasons. Um, but yeah, 64 is probably, I mean, Banjo Kazooie. Oh my yeah. God. Uh, Great score. score. You want to hear yeah. some bad music on an N64 game? Check out Quest 64. Oh, God. <laughs> that game. All around. Yeah. That's, That's the one Grizzly. system where I've, I almost know every single game for the system. And I'm, yeah, I'm caught up because there aren't that many, about 300 games. So, wow. yeah, that game is, yeah, is rough. You'd be waiting like four months for a new game. You'd be like, all right, I guess I'm going to buy Hybrid Heaven just right, to play right. something on this <laughs> system. Right. Uh, the so let's uh, let's let's play another track. Okay. Uh, Zane, you got another pick here? Oh, anyone you want? Yeah, sure. whatever you have. Matt. All right, great. Go for it, Matt. All right, this is going to be DK Island Swing. Nice. So fun fact about this: this was two or three songs that David Weiss has scored, and he was like, "I want to audition," and they're like, "Let's just put them all together." Wow. So, this Congo thing in the beginning, uh, I like this. Remember that game, the Donkey Kong game where you hit the drums? Donkey oh, Kong. Oh, yeah. Konga. Donkey Kong. Kind of was fun. I, I enjoyed that. So once the harmony comes in, I mean, this is obviously setting the tone. Um, okay, I love that. What's happening? Here's the harmony that comes in. Great. Almost. Here we go. Now we're in A. 
So this A sus thing, it's kind of indeterminate. It's, yeah, there you go, A sus, great. To me, that feels like setting the stage. So for watching a film score, if there isn't a, a major triad yet, like a resolved triad, I feel like, okay, I'm open, tell me more. That's what sus chords tend to do. Cause you're waiting for it to resolve, but it doesn't. So you're like, what's happening after this? You haven't resolved it for me yet. Um, so this whole thing right here is just straight up like 1930s swing. Now, I believe this version is like a remaster. Yeah. No, there we go. Yeah. So what's happening here or melodically is really fun to me. There's a lot of flat fives, which make it feel like sour. Da -da -da -da. Mm. It feels like tense and then it's not. And so this is another reference point for us that's part of the quote unquote zeitgeist. So blues music uses the flat five a lot. Very bluesy. And so this melody has a bluesy moment. And I was, I was joking, I was writing down notes. I'm like, why did they make the score so bluesy? Is it because he has a tie on, like Blues Brothers? Too? Like, what is, I don't know what made them think, like Donkey Kong blues. Yeah. But they, they went strongly there. Now, this is that second or third song he had composed. Um, and this, I think, kind of highlights later parts of the score, like the, I forget the name of that one level, Wacky, uh, Windy something or other, and some of the minecart levels. Mm -hmm. They have this Dorian mode. Now, the Dorian mode, which is kind of what's happening here a little bit, like, believe it or not, it's a very Grateful Dead mode. <laughs> but when it's done on this instrument, it just feels like, again, that dancey thing. I mean, if you've ever seen people dance in the Grateful Dead, they sway. And so the Dorian mode makes us feel like swaying. Fun fact, too, this is just historical fact. Pluto, uh, uh, not, sorry, not Pluto, good God, Plato different oh. types of people. Um, he said that uh, God's favorite mode was the Dorian mode. It was the mode of the gods. And the major scale was devilish. So it's like, it's it changes oh, based on culture. Interesting. Because this feels like swimming. I us. agree. <laughs> right. I think he's right. <laughs> he's right. Well, well cause I, I, and, and I'm, I'm out of my depth trying to talk music theory with you, but like what, like talking about that, I, I know from, uh, that 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 like you know devil music was used in the church in the in the catholic church rever referring to like the tritone right the, the augmented fourth like that used to be like that's the devil's interval you, you know? know a lot dude you call the tritone yeah totally the devil's yeah, interval yeah it sounds bit. like this yeah, yeah and the irony is and this is just me being really too cheeky but the tr the quote unquote devil's interval is meant to resolve. So it's almost like the church is like, don't mm. enjoy yourself. Sounds about right. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like this tension that's eventually going to release. Or it goes that way right. too. But yeah, that that sort of sweet, sour tension that eventually wants to be resolved. Um, so this part of the score didn't really have much of that. It didn't have much like, it wasn't really, it, to me, this piece doesn't really hold our hands in the same sense later pieces do. Later pieces have a lot of what are called five chords, and the five chords contain that tritone you're talking about. And the second you hear a five chord, you're like, okay, take it home, you know? All right, right take it home, you know? So these, this piece right here, DK Island Swing, doesn't, doesn't employ those much. It's sort of staying in this kind of Dorian mode, kind of in there, or it's staying in this kind of bluesy thing. Whatever the melody is, I never played it, but something like that. <laughs> okay, um, uh, for never playing it, I, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you. <laughs> um, you know what's funny too? Remember how I'm always hard on myself that I'm not funny? Oh man, I wrote down a joke here on my sheet music. <laughs> Ready for this one, guys? This good yeah, one. Yeah, please. There's an A sus chord in this song, and then there's a G sus. 
God's favorite chord, am I right? And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I just am going to stop trying. All right. No, that, that's great. It, well, that. How about, uh, we were talking about, uh, I don't know what I was going to try to say. We were talking about Donkey Kong Country music, the, like, the most obvious segue in the world. Uh, <laughs> see, it happens to all of us. <laughs> um, uh, I'll, here's, here's Cranky's theme. Oh, this is fun. So this happens when you're getting information in the game, like, hey, I got a secret for you if you don't have the internet to Google the secret. Um, So this is essentially the uh, opening theme, the intro theme to the game, except it actually resolves. So the intro theme in the game doesn't resolve. It goes to the relative minor key, which feels cool because we were all 12 year old kids. Oh, that's cool, man. But this is cute. It resolves. So a couple things about this. I mean, to, to Heather's point of tonality and instrument, I think the marimbas with the little, like, you know, da-da-da-da, it's a very islandy feel. So mm-hmm. that's nice and, and sweet. But one thing I love about this song that's different than the intro theme is the 16th notes are syncopated. So syncopation is where you take, like, a grouping of notes and then you maybe tie a few notes over so they don't line up perfectly. So maybe to use, like, a visual analogy, if you were... I don't know, playing like a a game of football and you see the yards lined up, you know, 10 yards each. What if you were to, um, I don't know, as you're running, you jump over the eighth yard line to reach the 12th yard line. You never stop on each yard line. You're jumping over what looks like the designated 10 yard line. So that happens with syncopation. So if you're going like, oh, sorry. Those rhythms, you're taking 16th notes, one E and a two E and a three E and a four, and you're tying the fourth one. One E and a da, one E and a da. So you're tying it over. That simple device makes us feel like it's danceable. And that makes sense because our bodies sway and move. And when you get a new rhythm that you can dance to, a new framework, a new rhythmic logic, your body moves differently. So this is like, oh, we're hearing the intro theme, but it's fun, more fun. Syncopation is always right. more fun. And here's the, here's the intro theme just for comparison. Great. One E and a, two E and a, three. No syncopation. One E and a, not one E and a. Da, 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 da. It doesn't do that. Straight. And then here comes the minor key. And this is straight 16s. One E and a, two E and a, three E and a, four E and a. No syncopation. Which basically means that the melody is always going bop, 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 bop. Always in the downbeat. But the Cranky's theme was on the upbeats because it was syncopated. So that makes it more fun in, in a different way. Also, I love this intro theme because taking it it's minor, really good. it's the same melody as Cranky's theme. It's just the, the lowest note being heard is down a minor third. Totally changes the whole meaning of the song. Now it feels like cool and hip because you're in a mode called the Aeolian mode, not the Ionian. Again, names don't really matter, but the feeling does, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this rocks. It's uh because I'm if I'm remembering the the way the intro plays out, it's like it starts off that little that little section that you're hearing up top. That's the 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 major key. It's like that's cranky as hand cranking a gramophone, right? And Correct. it's just like that's so that's going on, and then and then DK comes in with a boombox and like right. like like get back away, grandpa. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to show you how this this song really goes. Yeah, Aeolian, and yeah, am I right? 
Yeah. <laughs> but I do remember that having that feeling that you're talking about, like it evoking as a kid of just like, yeah, this is this fucking rocks. Totally. And also yeah. part of the things I like to explore sometimes these music theory moments is just general life stuff. So because like the philosophy and emotions and psychology behind these choices are, are more interesting to me. So what's happening here essentially is when you take a melody that seems happy and then you just purely change the bass note, it completely changes the meaning of that. And mm. I would liken that in life to if I were to say like, I'm thirsty. And if, if, if when I said that I'm sweating and I'm, it's so hot outside and looks like I'm going to die. Well, now you feel this panic in me. But if I say I'm thirsty again and someone that I'm attracted to walks by, it's like, oh, he's goofy. He's attracted <laughs> to that person. He's so thirsty. Completely yes. different meanings. And so modes of communication in life saying a word in a cheeky way, saying a phrase in a sad, somber way, even, even something as simple as saying, I love you, like, oh, yeah, I love you. It's like reluctantly versus I love you. I'm so happy to see you. Very different things. Musically, the, the way that that's expressed generally is you just change the bass note. You, you change the mm. point of relativity. The same melody's happening. If I were to go, I'm so happy today. If I sing over this, I'm so happy today. Sounds kind of it's sad. It's full of shit. It's yeah. full of shit. <laughs> this guy's a liar. <laughs> so anyway, um, that's why the cranky theme sounds different than the intro theme. Purely the, the point of relativity that melody's happening over, it, it shifts, and then suddenly the boombox makes sense. What would you call the instrument that sounds like an anteater trying to sing? <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I don't know, like a like a like a sine wave synth, but yeah, because it's you mean that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does sound like an anteater. You're right. It's very. I don't know what that would be called, but it certainly would be some sort of synthesized. No, well, maybe they're trying to to be like a, a flute type sound, sort of. Mm. An alto? Mm. I don't even know. I know later on there's some serious pan flute action happening, which I appreciate. Yeah. You know? But yeah, that's it's also tough with these instruments because like back in the day when I was playing Ken Griffey Jr. for SNES, there's like a crazy electric guitar sound that is hilarious. It's so whack. And I love it because they're trying to make yeah. it a guitar. I know yeah. what you were trying to do. <laughs> yeah, trying yeah. to make it sound like an anteater is singing along with Cranky Cock. <laughs> Which eventually you run into in the game. Or no, those Rolopolis. What are those called? No, they roll around. Armadillos. Oh, armadillos. oh God, they're neither. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, let's let's switch up the vibe a little bit. Here's a little uh, Misty Menace, uh, Stop and Go Station. So this is another one of my choices. This was my main choice. So the first wow. 40 seconds are just noise. And I'm really into avant-garde weird things because the aforementioned jazz snobbery. So when I played through the game, I was like, oh, I feel like very scared right now, just noises. And you see the stop and go things and you're jumping to, to stop time. So these creepy looking Kremlins like don't hurt you. Um, and you can't do anything about them other than run away from them. So yeah, these reverberated moments. Okay, this is what I love. Oh, that chord's nice. That chord. I swear, oh, yeah. a lot of chords from my childhood, I didn't know I was into jazz. I just knew I liked this. Wow. But that's a jazz chord progression. That's, I can explain what it is in specific theory terms. It, I don't know if I should, but yeah, it's a borrowing a minor four chord, making it, adding a natural six to it. It's a whole, there's a whole set of tricks there. And this augmented chord is a jazz chord. And then we have some more noise. So it's just like, Incredibly spooky. There's a little bit of, not hope exactly, but 
two or three chords that happen that are very tense and, um, well, tense is the wrong word. They're very open, but dissonant. And then here, the chords happen again, but they're different now. There you go. Now it feels like maybe it's in a resolve. And then it comes down one more half step. There we go. A lot of uncertainty. Like, is this going to get happy or not? Should yeah. I continue to be scared? And this chord. That is nice. That chord's used in a film called mm. uh, The City of Lost Children, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, yeah. That exact wow. chord mm. um, in a different key. So um, I just feel like space in a video game is really rare. Like, we heard the Ninja Guy Dan and a lot of our favorite pieces. They tell you, here's how you should be feeling. And this level's like, I don't know, just be scared. And then it will give you <laughs> like, a little harmonic information. Um, and the harmonic information is not like... Like, it's not that. It's sort of like really, you know, it's a lot of cluster chords is kind of what we call them in jazz. Um, yeah, and this level's very stressful, and I feel it highlights that. Um, it, one thing that for me musically that's really important in general is space. Because a lot of times when we're first learning, we're like, how many notes can I fit in there to let you know I can play? Um, but giving space, uh, it, just like I was saying before with modes, how the point of relativity in the bass note changes the whole meaning of the melody, uh, how much space you have before and after a set of chords also changes the meaning. Because if I were to sit here going, um, whatever the chords are, I'll play a different you know, uh, uh, tempo. And then it goes to like... Those are the three chords that are played, but I'm doing a rolling rhythm. It's a very different feeling than like, mm. and then I give a space. Mm. You're like, what's coming next? It feels very, um, there's a lot of suspense and intensity yeah. to each chord that happens. So this is, this is my favorite piece other than aquatic ambience, this, this piece here. And it shows up in Stop and Go, Misty Menace, a few different levels. It, it sounds great, like the uh, kind of song awesome. that w was... Uh, pulled from a Pokemon game. Uh, and yeah. like, it sounds, it sounds like something that like, they were like, mm, this is too scary for kids. So let's take it out of the game and replace it with something else. <laughs> right. It's unnecessarily spooky. It's really scary. It's funny yeah. how noises make us scared. I don't know. Mm. There's, there's something in that too. Like, well, I guess it makes sense because if you hear a noise, uh oh, danger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so never mind. We figured it out. It makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, so you go for it. Oh, I was just going to say we should probably do like one more. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was thinking the same. That was a favorite. Uh, well, then, if we're only going to do one more, I feel like we got to do this one. Uh, why don't we hear a little bit of Bonus Room Blitz? I also chose this. I really wanted to hear this. This because it's rolls. it's the second most ubiquitous, at least for me, because I found all the bonus rooms. <laughs> um, so what's really fun about this is immediately, without even playing the game, for people who are listening who have not played the game yet, this sounds, sounds fun. Immediately. So what is it about it that sounds fun? So there are a couple things, but as mentioned before, harmonic information, which is like the two or three more notes gathered together that make a harmonic, you know, chord or triad, um, they are, there's a lot of um, resolution. So we're always resolving to the one. This hasn't happened in most of the pieces we've played. This really resolves to the one. Like, check it out. Four, five, one. It's like resolved, figured it out, mm. solved it. So there's that element. Another really fun element is there's a lot of what's called secondary dominance, which is where you borrow a five chord from a different key to take you to a chord. So I'll show you when that happens. So this is all just in the key of C. 
very plain, very simple. Here's the secondary dominance. This chord, bam, makes you want the F chord. This again, oh, secondary dominance to the five. So we're, we're crawling our way up to these chords and it really makes us want to hear the next chord. So it feels yeah. exciting for that reason. It also creates that sort of saccharine happiness feeling because those tritones you were talking about, uh, we want to resolve them. And so we keep resolving them. The E chord happens, we resolve that tritone to F, you know, et cetera. So there's that. Also the pan flute is just, it's very cute. It's so good. I love that. Um, and there's also a lot of motion that happens from the secondary dominance, which makes us like want to get all the bananas. Like go right now. There's a lot of <laughs> yes, motion right, right, right. Yeah. You know. Lastly, I feel like this is kind of feels Koji Kondo s like because this melody, whatever it is, um, like there's some chromaticism coming up that's cute and reminds me of Super Mario Brothers. So right here. Mm. Uh, Whatever it is, the chromatic stuff, yeah. that to me, whenever there's like cute chromaticism, it feels like, you know, whatever the Super Mario Brothers theme is, a lot of chromaticism. So I also feel like it brings some of us back to simpler times, 8-bit times. So, uh, yeah, I really love that song. I, I would pull out my guitar and jam with it sometimes, but then I wouldn't get enough goddamn bananas. <laughs> you <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned Koji Kondo, the 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 legendary composer, obviously very influential. But I, I remember one one Koji Kondo thing that I read that to me tracks with what we just heard, and maybe you can speak to it generally because it's a thing that comes up with video games is how do you how you construct a song that works well as a loop and doesn't get tiresome? Because I, I know Kondo has talked about like he'll just like take like a one minute chunk of his of his theme and listen to it for 30 minutes in a row. And if he gets sick of it, he knows he has to adjust something. But if he's OK with it, then because that's how that's how people play games. So how does from a from a from a compositional standpoint, how do you craft a track that loops well? That's a great question. I, I find generally there are two ways, and this is just from basically researching the past two years by analyzing like Witcher 3 and then <laughs> analyzing mm. like such different scores. And some of these are, you know, three and a half minute pieces that are full boss battles and yet they still have to loop. This is just so far in my experience. Either, there are two options, uh, either to create a great video game music loop, uh, either you're going to uh, close the loop. So you're going to make sure it ends on bum, bum, ba, dum, bum. And then it starts again, totally closed. Or you're going to write a piece like another piece that was in Donkey Kong Country uh, for Minecart Madness. It, the chords keep changing without any sort of precursor. There's no like five, seven chords saying, here comes B flat minor. And then here comes D flat minor. There's none of that. It's just like, hey, guess what? I'm Danny Elfman style. We're just going to keep changing keys. We're just changing keys. Mm. And if you do that enough, the audience is like, all right, I'm just going to keep being surprised. And so that second version of it sometimes is even better for the listener because they don't hear the loop at all. Like I, I've had oh, wow. times where I'm playing the game. I'm like, man, how many times did this song change keys? And it's like, oh, only four. But it, but the loop was also weird. So I thought it changed keys 13 times. Um, wow, this piece is four minutes long. Oh, no, it's not. It's just so hard to follow. I can't track it. It's like, wait, did we ever pack in the same key or what key are we in? So. Yeah. I found those are the two devices. The good news is both of those devices give you a lot of leeway. So like you either you know are disjointed or you're not. But if the song is already pretty consonant and then you suddenly add like 
It's like, oh, that, what, what? So, like, if it's constant, close that loop. If it's dissonant, let it be dissonant, you know? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Don't close the loop. That's been what I've learned so far from quite a few composers that I've analyzed. Um, That's rad, and and I, I, we appreciate your insight so much. And, yeah. And this is, I mean, this is just, like, a, a been been fascinating to 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 hear your thoughts on all of these and to, to go through these tracks and, and just, you know, just honestly, just like to listen to them is just is pleasant in and of itself. But yeah. then to also have your expertise, I think is, is, uh, is really rad. So I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. This is certainly the most good information people have gotten from the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do apologize too for people who wanted to listen. I did talk over the entire pieces. Sorry about that, but they're no, online. No, no. You can listen, yeah, you can to, listen them. to them. Yeah. You've heard them. Oh, you know. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, well, well, from the those those awesome uh, legendary pieces from one of the best gaming scores ever and from uh, Zane's uh, uh, virtuosic guitar playing, we're going to hear some uh, real nightmare audio from <laughs> Matt. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah. For our segment. It's time for a segment. Can our contestants recognize these video game songs? It's time for Matt's Little Game. And just for a refresher, here's how it works. Yes. I'm going to play a video game song, and you have to guess what it is. I'll, pl- I'll first play a version of the song that has been reversed and pitched down, then a version that is just pitched down. If you get it right during the reversed and pitched down portion, you get two points, and if you get it during the pitched down version, you get one point. Are you all ready to play Max yes. Little Game? So ready. Yes. All right, here we go. Here's the first song. It's been reversed and pitched down. Boy, it really... An element of it sounds familiar. It has its own melody that makes sense that sounds like something else, but it's reversed. Yeah. Huh. That first chunk we were hearing... In particular, there's also drums, I guess. So this must be—is there drums? Uh, Weiger, Nick. I'm gonna take a guess and say this is uh, from. It feels like it's from a kart racer, just sort of that bouncy, bouncy energy. And I think because we're in the same sort of world, you might have picked Diddy Kong Racing, also a David Wise score. Nick, that is incorrect. Fuck. Anybody have a guess before I move on to the... I'm trying to the, sing it in my head yeah. in reverse. In yeah, my me head. too. It's not going me well. too. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's cool that you guys are both trying to do something that uh, is impossible, that nobody can do. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Nothing, Heather? Uh, no, no, I can't. I can't get it. All right, let's hear the just the just uh, pitch down version. Here we go. Oh, Weiger, Nick, that that's uh that's from Portal. Nick's <gasps> on the board. Oh my yeah. god, that is still alive from Portal. Oh my, and so pitched down. That's like three octaves down. Got it. Oh wow, that's hard. This was a triumph. <laughs> This was a triangle. <laughs> 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 
There we go. There's that one. So Heather or Nick has one point. Uh, Heather and oh, Jane yeah. tied with zero, uh, which is not <laughs> this is horseshit. God uh, yeah, dang that's it. not how anyone keeps score. I don't know why I said that. Uh, <laughs> they usually only highlight the person with the point. Um, here's here's the the next song. Heather. Heather. So that that one striking instrument sounds like the sound in Goldeneye. Interesting. Mm. I don't I don't think it's that song, but I have to guess the uh, the theme the main theme from like the menu theme from Goldeneye. That is unfortunately incorrect, Heather. Mm. I got a dumb guess. This is Max Payne. You reversing this crap day. <laughs> I don't know. Also man. incorrect. Incorrect. Okay. It's about to end. Nick, do you have a guess before it ends? I'll just say because I it kind of it sounds super mar it sounds sounds Nintendo 64 era to me, and so I'm gonna guess it's a snow level for Mario 64. Ah, uh, Nick. Incorrect, incorrect. We're moving on Damn. to the, the pitch down version of the song. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Heather. Heather. Oh, there we go. Animal Crossing. That is Animal Crossing New Horizons, the, nice. the main theme. That's right. Nice. Man, there's like a clang oh, so at the end of this song that sounds like the golden eye clang when you slow it down and reverse it. <laughs> this is such a great piece. It's great. It's really, really great. And I thought it'd be a perfect contender for Matt's little game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, here's the next track. Here we go. All right, upsetting so far. I feel like I'm being pumped for nuclear codes. What an unpleasant way to end a nice musical episode. Yeah, yeah I thought it'd be pretty fun. I'm not going to guess, but it feels a little bit Gears of War. But that's not my guess. It's just the ugh, guttural thing, but that's clearly it's been pitched down so much. Interesting, interesting. Like the saw sound in that game. Yeah. Is there a melody in this? I don't know. Yeah, there's something moving pretty fast, but it's kind of at the bottom of the... Oh! Any guesses? No, I'm going to have to hear it just pitch down. Yeah. Shoot. Should we move unless, on? Unless, it, unless, there's a, unless there's a hint as to era. It's the only thing that might guide me, but I think we should just move on to pitch down. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be... T- it, uh, I might give it away if I say era. Okay. Uh, okay, we're moving on to but the But there is down. kind of like... Is is there... Is, I don't know if it's, a, if it's strings or I don't know if it's if it's, you know... Um, like a sitar, it does feel like there's some sort of like like mm-hmm. can kind of determine the instrumentation from hearing that that reverse version. But mm. maybe I'm I'm completely off base. Let's 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 hear the pitch down. Here we go. Oh God, this is so familiar. 
Oh, Weiger. Nick. This is uh, this is Diablo. Nick's on the board with one Dang. point. Diablo, baby. Oh, Got this is Tristram. It. So yeah, this was yeah. I was I was hearing the acoustic guitar. That's what I thought. Was so maybe Nick's a sitar. got two points. Dang, I haven't played that game. That's that's nice. I like that score. It's a it's a fantastic score. Honestly, like that's uh, the speci- specifically the Diablo two score. Our previous episode, which we haven't released yet as of this recording, um, but uh, uh, you'll hear next week saying if you continue to listen to the podcast yeah. after this, <laughs> and we do hope you do. Um, the uh, is we we talk we we do a deep dive on on the Diablo franchise cool. and the Diablo two score by Matt Ullman is it's just like it's banger after banger it's really wow. great. Okay, here's here's our final one. Oh God. Okay, great. Pitch down and reversed. Sounds like an orchestra tuning up. There's vocals in this. I think. I don't I don't know. It's kind of the it's kind of the whole point, isn't it? That's sort of the whole conceit of the little game now, wouldn't you say? That inverted is gotta be a huge clue. feeling once we just hear this this uh, melody played. seems so easy but I, I, maybe I yeah. played the game anybody care to venture a guest I could uh, I need to because yeah. I need two points <laughs> uh, this is uh, oh god dang sounds like a new game I've never played the game Hades it's not Hades okay. another great score a really great score a score I forgot about when I was constructing that's a little game <laughs> Uh, let's hear it. Uh, let's hear it. Just, just uh, pitch down. Here we go. So Heather, 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 Heather. It's Disco Elysium. Oh shit! Yes, oh. Of, yes, of course. Fucking, I know those drums. That's right. So fast. Wow. Okay. I do have a tie. There are vocals. Woo-hoo. That's why I was hearing in the background. Nick and Heather have uh, two Fuck, points I love each. That let's just let's, song. let's that's do a whirling in rags. Eight a.m. by right. British Sea Power. Really, really great. Uh, let's do a lightning round. Um, uh, let's do a lightning round for the for the final lightning point. Round. And let's say uh, if you get it in um, the reverse slow uh, pitch down reversed, it's three points. Ooh. So what makes this a lightning round? <laughs> Uh, I'm only going to give you 30 seconds. Okay. Okay. Zane? Oh, this is, this is Zane. Contra? Is not Contra Zane. Weiger. Weiger. I think this is a, I think this is a Game Boy game. I'm going to say it's a, it's a Pokemon. Say Pokemon Gold Silver. Nick, you are the winner of Matt's Little Game. Fuck! Had I waited for ten more bars, 
That's Ooh. how it's a lightning round, Nick. You freaking wow! You, th- you dropped the lightning, baby. Hmm. Much like Pikachu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Magnemite. Or Electrode. Yeah, right, Electrode. Who else? You know all the all the all, all right, your favorites. You. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, camera guy. Right, you. Uh, oh yeah. So there we go. There we have it. Nick's our winner of Matt's little game. Uh, Matt, it's very well done, well crafted. I do hate Matt's little game. Uh, it, it is a nightmare. Yeah, I don't know that um, anybody enjoys it. Um, <laughs> uh, but I like. Uh, hey, I, I I think it was great. And hey, that's this week's Get Played. You can follow us on social media at Get Played Pod. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at BaffleGabs. And this month's We Play You Play is Super Mario Sunshine for the 20th anniversary. Uh, of the game's release. That is coming Monday, July 25th. Also, check out our premium show, Get Animated. Heather, what are we watching this week? This week, we're watching Neon Genesis Evangelion episodes 13 and 14. Why don't you watch the show on Netflix and subscribe to us on patreon.com slash get played, even though the show's Get Animated. Yes, yeah, so our Patreon is our URL is still get played. It's get played presents get animated. So patreon.com slash get played if you want to subscribe. Also, episodes will be out a month later on Stitcher Premium. Zane Carney, uh, check out twitch.tv slash Zane Carney. Lots more music theory of gaming and 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 other streams that you will provide. Uh, an absolute delight to have you back. Please return to the show. And and anytime you want to lend uh, your knowledge and your talents, we're, we're happy to have you. Uh, anything you'd like to plug at this time? Yeah, I totally forgot to bring it. Thank you for having me. First off, I forgot to bring it at the beginning that I have a new single that came out like a month ago. I forgot to mention it. Oh, man. But it's, yeah, unfortunately fitting for our times. It's called I Want to Have Faith. And um, yeah, for all faiths. But it's about, uh, yeah, trying to figure out what the heck is life about. And uh, for me personally, this past week has been really challenging uh, that we recorded this. Um, So yeah, I've I've been uh, unfortunately um, feeling what the song is about. Um, and then, yeah, I would love to meet y'all over on, on Twitch. We've had a few people come over to my stream from this podcast. So we'll welcome you with open arms. And we also do other things on stream too. We do concerts and live improvised scores and improvised musicals that are not as funny as Zach and Jess over and off book, but you know, we do do a bunch of fun (laughs) stuff. Yeah. Love to see you there. We we were talking about the stream off Potter uh, earlier uh, or, or, or uh, a while back, but you had Peter McConnell on uh, to discuss a, a, a score, one of it, a great game composer, Psychonauts, and and many other Grim Fandango. Yeah, and we had the keyboard player who did the who played keyboards on those scores. He and I used to tour together with John Mayer, so I was like, Dude, "Wow, come on!" He's like, "Yeah." So we talked about the score while Peter was chiming in. But that that's hopefully going to happen more in the future. Music theory of gaming hopefully is going to feature the actual composers. Uh, to to analyze it with them and understand why they made those choices, um, yeah. But it's I'm really grateful to Twitch for keeping me you know consistent during these times, and I will be listening. I promise, I really do. Every week, I will be enjoying it. <laughs> and uh, you guys are the best podcast on the internet. Seriously, oh, jeez, oh, yeah. I love it. Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, My thank pleasure. you. Too kind. You hey. got it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, oh yeah, do it. Hey oh, guys. Thank you. I, I I feel like I feel like we got played. Uh you could say but that. But specifically for sure. Nick, you got played. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Alright, upsetting so far. <laughs> <laughs>